Hey Alive, it's great to be with you and sharing God's word as we continue in our series looking at the life of David. And last Sunday we saw David had a victorious heart and we saw how he took out the giant Goliath. And in this talk, I want us to see how David had a prepared heart. We saw 1 Samuel 16, didn't we, a few weeks ago, how David was chosen by God to be the next king. He had the call, he had the anointing, but he didn't yet have the throne. And it's around 20 years between the call and the anointing to when in 2 Samuel 5, David is finally given the throne as king. And what I want us to see in this talk is for this sort of two decade period around that time frame, David went through this season of preparation. These were not wasted years at all. Those years were absolutely crucial where God was doing stuff in David that David needed to learn and step into in order to become the great king he was called to be. And this is perhaps one of the most overlooked truths in the Bible. We will all walk through seasons of preparation in life. And it's in these seasons of preparation that we shouldn't despise what God is doing, but we should celebrate and look to what he's doing in us in these moments, because it's in these moments that he's preparing us to step into what he's calling us to do. The late, great uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say, the worst thing that can ever happen to a person is that they succeed before that they are ready. Charles Spurgeon once said, if I had 25 years left to live, I would spend 20 of those in preparation. And what I want us to see is just look at this big chunk of scripture uh, for 1 Samuel 18 through to 2 Samuel 5. And there's lots of stuff we could look at and learn from. But I want us just to see four lessons that David learned through this season, these years of preparation. The first lesson is relationships. In the season of preparation, David learned his desperate need for friends to be around him in order for him to run into all that God had for him. See, David could easily have rejected the help of other people. He could easily have tried to go on it on his own. So, for example, remember we saw how David wasn't even considered worthy to be in the lineup to be chosen as the next king. His own dad overlooked him. His own dad didn't think he was worthy enough at that moment to be even be considered to be the next king of Israel. He experienced the mockery and the jealousy of his brothers. He experienced the betrayal of King Saul. Saul, who, who for no other reason that he was jealous of what God was doing through David, hated David, wanted to kill David. In this moment of time, he could easily have said, I've had enough of it with people. I don't want to trust people. I want to just go on it, me and God, just the two of us. And yet David learned that God's heart for him was to journey with other people. He needed to learn the value of friendship and relationships. So, for example, if you turn to 1 Samuel 20, we see there his, this friendship with Jonathan, the son of Saul, just begins to deepen as Jonathan warns David that Saul wants to kill him. And this friendship develops over the, over the next few chapters, this deep love they have for each one another as friends. They're for one another, they champion one another, they're encouraging one another. There's a deep friendship between David and Jonathan. Then if you turn to uh, 2 Samuel 22, we see 400 people gather around David in this cave. 
He's learning the need to be with other people. Then there's 30 mighty men, as we read in the Bible, of David too. So David knew he needed relationships. He knew that God was going to gather an army of friends around him that he needed in order to run into all that God had for him. It's a very important lesson for us to learn too. And as we step into the New Testament, we just see throughout the New Testament, the emphasis upon local church is relationships. Over 40 times in the New Testament, we see this phrase, one another. We're to love one another, pray for one another. We are to encourage one another. We're to admonish one another. We're to bear with one another in love. And all these verses create this picture of God's heart and blueprint for the local church, where it's a community of intimacy and encouragement and friendship and love. It's not detached or disinterested. It's a group of people who are on adventure with Jesus, who love one another. And over the last year in Alive, Jesus has been reminding and underlining for us, hasn't he, in Alive, this desperate need to be a relationally driven church. The local church was never meant to be an event to attend, but it's a family in which to belong. And in Paul's letters, he uses the language of family 277 times. The early church grew to thousands and thousands of people, but never lost its passion for the individual. It was a community that was there for one another, that did life together, that championed one another into all that Jesus had for them. And so David learned a lesson that you and I desperately need to learn. And he learned it in this season of preparation. If you want to run into all that Jesus has for you, God will bring people around you that you need in order to keep going, in order to run with him. Mike Pilavacci challengingly puts it this way. We live in an individualistic world like there has never been. We live in a world where there has been a breakdown in community where you can delete a friend at the press of a Facebook button. That is actually quite frightening. We live in a world where the greatest poverty, according to Mother Teresa, is the poverty of loneliness, is the poverty of isolation. There has never been more of us on this planet, and yet we have never been further apart. We have lost the art of community. We live in this individualistic world where it is all about me. We worship the unholy trinity of me, myself and I. It is all about me. We talk in the church Uh, When we talk in the church, we talk about my ministry, my anointing, my calling, my this, my that. And yet in the church, it is never meant to be I, it is meant to be us. It is meant to be we. And so could it be that when you're listening to this, you need to learn afresh God's heart for his relationally driven church. God is calling us to be a family on a mission to kiss this world with his love. A community of people who love each other, persevere with one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, and are championing one another into all that Jesus has for us. Please don't simply attend a Sunday service. We want to encourage you to be part of the life flow of this church and to join a life group and to be part of what God does in those small groups where we do life together, where we can become these friends that we've just looked at that David enjoyed with Jonathan and with those 30 mighty men too. So the first lesson is that David learnt his need for friends. The second lesson is integrity. Integrity. 
David learned the importance of walking through the pressures of life with integrity and compassion. He learned the need to obey God even when he didn't feel like it and even when life was falling apart around him. So when we read these chapters in this season of preparation, we see how David honoured God even when the pressures of life were upon him. People watched David and how he lived. Every day, David woke up thinking this could have been his last day. Every day he woke up thinking this could be the day where Saul finally catches up with me and kills me. And the men and the women around David watched how he lived with God under the pressure he was walking through. And he lived with such integrity as he obeyed God that people saw his compassion and his love and were drawn to him. And I think this is a big lesson he learned through this season of preparation. So we come to 1 Samuel 24, and we've already seen several times, I think in 1 Samuel 18 and 19, in just these two chapters, at least 12 times, Saul has tried to kill David. He's living under this perpetual threat and tension and danger. And in 1 Samuel 24, David has the opportunity to kill Saul. Everyone would have given him permission to do this. No one would have begrudged him in a sense to have got rid of this guy who was was absolutely sold out to kill him. And yet David knew Saul was was God's chosen one. He knew that he couldn't kill him. He decided to obey God rather than to obey maybe what he felt he should do and what everyone else was telling him to do. He walked in obedience and integrity. And David learnt that in these years. And maybe the prophet Samuel told him what he'd said to Saul after he'd been telling Saul that God had rejected him as king. And we read in 1 Samuel 15, 22, where Samuel said to Saul, to obey is better than sacrifice. And so I want to ask you today, are you walking, trusting Jesus? Is there an integrity to your life? Is there an obedience, a rhythm of obedience and trusting him? Whether where life is falling apart around you, whether you feel like it or not, or if everyone else is around you is tending to do something different. A lesson that David learned was integrity and obedience. And you and I need to learn that lesson too. He loves us. He has the best intentions for us. Trust Jesus today and obey him and what he's sharing his heart is through his word. The third lesson is self-leadership. In the season of preparation, David learnt the need to take personal responsibility for his walk with God. So a few chapters after what we've just looked at, David and his men have, have been out fighting and they return to the home city of Ziklag. But what's happened is the Amalekites, after they've been away, have attacked that city. And the city is destroyed and all the women and the children have been taken hostage, as it were, by the Amalekites. And so David and 600 of his men have come back and all his men suddenly turn against him. The very men that protected him from being killed were now the men who wanted almost to kill him. And in this moment of intense pressure and struggle, it's incredible what we read that David does. In verse 6 in 1 Samuel 30, we simply see he responded by doing this. David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. We're not told how he did this, but, but I guess it must be with this raw, authentic, 
honest worship that we just see throughout the Psalms. David, in this moment of crisis, took personal responsibility and flung himself into the arms of his God, his Father. He took responsibility for that. He learnt the need for self-leadership. So I want to again just challenge us, are we learning that through this COVID season that we've, we've been in now for many months? Maybe it's time for us to, to begin to step into and say, God, I want to meet with you on my own. I want to walk with you because I love you and that you're with me and that you love me and, and no one else can do this for you. You need to take personal responsibility to step into what God has for you. So I want to ask you, how's your prayer life? How much time do you spend with Jesus just enjoying him and, and, and adoring him? How much time do you spend swimming in the Bible and getting to know his ways and his thoughts and, and, and just trying to walk with him and hear him through his word? I want to encourage you, learn what David learned. Learn the art of self-leadership so that when everyone turns against you, when life is falling apart, you know how, as David knew how, to go to his God and be strengthened in the Lord. The fourth and final lesson is patience. Again, there's probably loads of lessons we could have looked at, but this is an important lesson that I think David learned in this season of preparation. He learned not just to trust in the promises of God, but he needed to learn to trust in the timing of God too. Can you just imagine how David must have felt through these years? Every day he could have just woken up thinking, God, where are you? You called me to this. It was so real. I had this moment where the spirit rushed upon me. It was so real. It was so exciting. It was so wonderful. And, and then I took out Goliath and it was amazing. And I thought, this was it, God. You, you, you're bringing me in. And now all these years, every day, it's almost as if you've forgotten me. Where are you, God? Have you abandoned me? I think there must have been moments where David struggled. We see this through the Psalms. It's so clear there. David struggled at times with what he was walking through. But he learned the need to trust not just God's promises, but God's timing. And could it be that there's someone watching this and listening to this? And you need to learn patience today as well. Perhaps you were prophesied over years ago. And you're still waiting to step into what you really felt God had said in that time. And in reality, you're almost giving up on it. You're thinking, where are you, God? Well, part of trusting God isn't just trusting his promises, but it's trusting his timing in order to walk into those promises too. God is never late. He's never early. He's always perfectly on time. And so trust in his timing today. And so as we look at David... We see he had a prepared heart. He walked through this season of preparation and he learned the, at least these four lessons. There are probably loads more we could look at. He learned his deep need for others in order to run into all that God had for him. He learned the need to live in integrity. He wasn't perfect, as we're going to see as we walk through this, the rest of his life. But he did have a heart that was right before God. And he wanted to live with God and he had that integrity and he obeyed God in his life. And when the pressures and the battles hit, he learned how he strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He took personal responsibility with his walk for Jesus. And then he learned the need for patience and trusting not just in God's promises, but also in God's timing. May we learn these lessons 
And may we run with Jesus today. God bless you alive.